The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. It's Fed Day. Futures trim some losses. Yields back off as the Treasury refunding announcement and ADP come in a bit light. Plenty of corporates lowering guidance, including DuPont, Estee Lauder, and others. Our roadmap begins with Fed and Market Watch. The central bank is expected to pause for the second consecutive month. Private payrolls come in light. Stocks coming off their first three-month decline since 2020. Plus, AMD delivers uh, soft quarter fourth quarter guidance. It does say it expects to sell $2 billion worth of AI chips next year. And we're going to check in on what's been a rough ride for Tesla stock lately. It's uh, mm. the worst of the uh, of the uh, Magnificent 7 in terms of performance over the last quarter. Shares, though, look to be bouncing this morning as CEO Elon Musk ups his forecast for Cybertruck production. Let's begin, though, with the new month. Uh, talk about the markets on this Fed decision day. Uh, Jim, I wonder if you think the setup is any better for November than it was for October. Uh, I do, if only just because this time we know that things are going to be rough. That if it's uh, tech, what we hear is about there's optimization, which means that the orders are slowing. If it's industrial, that means there's destocking, which means there's too much inventory. We're coming in with expectations that those are the two things that are happening. Uh, and I like it when expectations are lowered. David, there's a piece this morning, maybe the most important piece I've read, Morgan Stanley figuring out fiscal policy, basically saying it's over, that the money coming from the Fed is over, federal government's over, the money from the state's over. I, we are set up for dark times. And when you're set up for dark times and you get dark times, it's not revelatory. It's We're not, in a huh? not revelatory portion of this, mo- of this market. Right. So when you get something that's not good, like DuPont, it's good because you expect it. I mean, Ed Breen, you speak to Ed Breen, who's probably the most seasoned CEO in the country, I believe. And it's like as bad as you thought, but maybe there's green shoots. I like that. Green shoots. The econ- they, we just had a 4.9% GDP number. Well, he's, Unemployment he is. is 3.8%. Whoa, whoa, what? Well, the China is big business. <clears throat> big business is China. Ah. And there's green shoots in China. There was a piece about JD.com today. said to buy, buy J- Well, that's an invitation to your funeral if you buy it. But at least there's someone being positive. I'm just saying that when, when people are always, are really negative, and you know, we're seeing these numbers. Some of these guys put great stuff in Twitter. It's 12% bulls. It's harder to get... I'm just a buyer of DuPont right here, right now. Trust owns it. I'm waiting for the stock to go to 70. Put me up on, put me up on 25,000 DuPont at 71 and take it to 71 and a half. Just take it. Buy, bid and don't take. run bid and take. a hedge fund anymore. Just, just letting you know there. All right. But I had a nightmare last night that I was low on a couple of stocks. This is not Kramer Berkowitz or whatever that was. Was that what it was called? At the well, end? I was Kramer for a really long time. Kramer. Just Kramer. Take wings up to 195. All right, well, you know what? I played the role. You never know I could go back to that in a nanosecond. I'm sure you could, and I think sometimes you still think you are. 
stride right, 50K, take the top off? Isn't that how your book <laughs> that, starts? What happened is, is that it I said, top off. How, I said, I think stride right's going up here. So you want to see it go up? Buy 25,000 stride right, take a bid, take a bid. And I didn't realize that what happens, supply and demand, David, means just go take and bid. And I think that we have a lot of stocks that you would take and bid simply because the worst is over. It's been hard uh, this week. I mean, you started off this week. It's only Wednesday, well, being negative on Monday, no, neutral no. on Tuesday, and positive on Wednesday. I wanted to see the <laughs> I wanted to see the Treasury issuance, yeah, which showed me that there wasn't a lot of long data paper that True. takes the pressure off that. Yep. I want to see the Fed say what we know, which they have to stay longer. And I see the Fed winning in uh, whether it be autos. I see the Fed winning in housing. I see the Fed winning in jobs. I know you, t- you retweeted my bit about, or Liz Ann Saunders' bit about wage growth in information workers. Incredible. Slowing big time. Right. And if you talk to Yum, they have no problem getting employees. Now, Yum is as basic as it gets. Chipotle has no problem. Uh, so I think that with the Fed winning, now it's possible that you could say like Carnival, that what you're having is a slowing of inflation. And the Fed wants to see actual deflation. We're, we're certainly headed that way. So, Carl, I mean, I know... Uh, my colleague David is absolutely right when it comes to the fact that there's this expansion. But he's not right in the fact that there's been this tremendous bear market underneath James Coburn and Robert Vaughn. <laughs> and some of the horse buckles. All okay, those, so we all lived. those okay. background players in the next set. We've made, we've made the point many times, but it bears repeating any number of times. Other, you take out those seven. If you want to call it the seven that represent 30% or the nine that represent 35%, whatever it is, right. of the S&P's market cap, the as we say, the mega cap tech, there's nothing going on good. No, They're I mean, down. In, Equal weighted S&P. Right. Uh, we can go through. We do go through well, this. Then you're now, with I'm not me. sure what it really means in the S&P, by the this. way, that that larger percentage is really just eight stocks. Right. Yeah. So I mean, what's happened is, is that the others, I'm saying, could conceivably be bottoming here because the, the bear market portion of the market is kind of, wow, it, it's pretty ugly. And you have real people, real CEOs like in Ed Breen, David, who have seen all sorts of cycles. Mm-hmm. And what they're saying is, look, you know, we've had an electronic cycle and it's really terrible and might be bottoming. Hey, by the way, you know, we sit here and talk about AMD and about how Lisa Sue came out and said there's good AI, but it's all the rest of it that is, has been bad for a long time and it's almost done maybe, being bad. Maybe turning a bit. There's a journal right, story today saying that overall chips and the demand for them seems to be on. rebounding, yes. or at least sort of getting us past the post-pandemic exactly. lows. Exactly. And then there are other things. I mean, healthcare still, like I still believe that Amazon is deciding whether to wipe out uh, Walgreens and CVS. And while they're deciding, in the meantime, the other guys have decided to help them. Yeah. Uh, UBS getting tactically long global semis. We'll Wasn't that interesting? We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, I thought that was a very big call. Uh, Jim and David mentioned AMD, of course, uh, beating by a couple pennies. Revenue ahead, guiding in line. Stocks rebounding from its lows, of course, uh, after those comments by Lisa Sue on last night's call. We now expect data center GPU revenue to be approximately $400 million in the fourth quarter, and exceed $2 billion in 2024 as revenue ramps throughout the year. This growth would make MI300 the fastest product to ramp to a billion dollars in sales in AMD history. All right, so how do we judge it? Well, look, I, the stock was uh, down four when that came out, and immediately the stock rallied four and a half dollars in this after hours trading. I, I think the most important line that she said was that there is room for more than one winner. There has been a sense that, that obviously that NVIDIA is winning, 
that $2 billion is not necessarily going to come out of NVIDIA's hide. It means that there's so much business. And this is even after the flow through back of the Chinese cards that, that, that our government won't let for next year. Uh, I thought the AMD call was incredibly encouraging. It's in the bullpen for, uh, for my travel trust. And I, I liked everything I heard about the high margin, exciting part, AI, even as I recognized that gaming was not good. Uh, that's not really a shocker. Uh, I wouldn't buy GameStop off it, let's put it that way. A lot of chartists looking at NVIDIA yesterday. The worst, it's the and worst this, chart in the book. This uh, head and shoulders I idea no that there's a, that. a gap to 350. I have no problem saying that. I, I understand they don't report to the, what, to uh, middle, near, near the end of November. But David, I know that you and I often uh, don't see eye to eye on the notion of charts, given the fact that you are seasoned and have rigor, and I'm just a fly-by-nighter. As you but know, I spend a lot of time every night going through my charts. I do too. Yeah. Isn't that funny? We yeah. have the same lives. Yeah, no, I yeah. do. I have. Them. What do you go to the charts of? What though? Not stocks, clearly. <laughs> um, but I do think that a bad chart is what I call self-fulfilling. I've been tweeting this notion that if you have a bad chart, it's very easy to push it over. And Nvidia's chart's the worst chart in the book. I mean, when I say worst chart, but I'm talking about like when they do like you know head and shoulders, they yeah. say you know see Nvidia. I mean, Google ought to do that, but Google's so busy figuring out what happened to Google Cloud, they haven't been able to get their head out. It's of that. Hanging right in there, right? It almost oh, that's exactly perfect. a trillion dollar market value. Obviously, it's been higher than that. Yeah, Remember, from, it wasn't that long ago though, can, that it passed that trillion dollar value. There's after only that incredible one chink, quarter, but there's only one chink, which is that eventually they do need China. Just because China's such a great market. Right. But, you know, like, there's a lot what of is, companies what in is the, China. What is the, um, to the ultimate buyer of chips that power generative AI in the data center, with AMD, whatever it is they're coming out with, it's, is, it, is it cheaper, even though it may not be quite as uh, powerful? You're so good. Okay, so Jensen, Jensen Wong would tell you, look, the payback is first year because it's so much cheaper and it runs cooler. And that was actually a really interesting debate between Frank Slootman. Frank Slootman, I think, ambushed Jensen at, at his conference. I actually liked it because there was actual tension. Like, most of these conferences are scripted. That's the most unscripted conference because Jensen's saying, listen, man, if you buy our cards, the payback's instant. And I don't know how quickly the payback will be with AMD. But why I still like NVIDIA is that because it's a bargain and their chips are a bargain. The chart's not a bargain, and there's a lot of people. Look, if you want to overlay two horrible charts, you overlay Apple and NVIDIA. They're both horrible. And this is a market that's very chart-driven. But in the end, if you care about how companies are really doing, NVIDIA's a buy after they wreck it. That's interesting because of the they being investors. The market. market. Look, your enemy here is your fellow shareholders who don't know Jack and are in there because it's, you, you know, they think The Magnificent Seven is a great movie. Uh, and and people who sh- are shorted and know that you can knock it over. I mean, like AMD was very interesting. The shorts were just in their bank. You, you don't get a lot of people in there actually seriously selling the stock at 525. It's other than people want to what so-called paint the tape. And AMD, then she says something that's so counter to what everybody was thinking, then the stock roars. I think, for instance, du- let's go back to DuPont. I think when Ed Breen explains what's not good, you say, oh, okay, that, that was that. what's not good. Thank you. Yeah. We knew that. We knew that. And that's what's happening right now. Humana, did we know? We know that some utilization wasn't so good. Okay, so they have it. I don't have that for CVS. I don't know what. I don't know the investing case for CVS because the investing case for CVS was wrecked by shoplifting. Uh, doing okay in the pre-market, I think. Uh, and it's starting to come down, down a little bit. Yep. Down a little bit. About four bucks. Look, it looks I mean, like. in the end, shoplifting destroyed so many retailers. 
that it's hard to really make an investing case for a place where it's easier to buy on Amazon, particularly when Jassy spent so much money to make it so it's easier well, to buy you, on And Amazon. when you say shoplifting, I mean, it's really the response to it that makes it so much more difficult for the average consumer to get what they want. Right. Well, look, I mean, it, uh, look, we at can, a CVS because everything's under lock and key. Except for, for Simon Properties, where you go into their malls, very good recommendation by Goldman Sachs. You go into Simon Properties, and there's a line to get into the expensive stores because they only let one person in and let one person out. So it becomes very exclusive. It's like a club to shop at a Simon Properties. David, I don't have the, I don't have the money to shop at Simon Properties stores. I don't. Well, uh, Goldman's point, adding it to conviction buy along with Boeing, is that consumers are looking for something interesting to shop, someplace that's interesting to shop, to buy stuff. I find when I go to the Simon Simon Properties more that's near me, I feel very poor until I walk into Macy's and Gap. Right. Well, we should point out they are typically the higher end. No, not the higher end. The highest end. Are they the highest? Well, I just, billionaires row, man. Billionaires row. Simon Properties, except for when they own the JCPenney, but why not own why not own a store if it's free? What, what's the brand on JCPenney? See their ads? Isn't it amazing if they're alive? A lot of, uh, what, on Amazon, Thursday Night Football, right? Hey, I gotta tell you, Amazon is the winner here. And I think anyone who does, you go back and read the call. Go listen to Brian, Brian Oslovsky, the, the CFO. You know, they're the antidote to service. You know, help in aisle five, I need some Gillette shaving cream. And then like you're sitting there and you're waiting and it's like, why am I waiting? I can just go on, I have a, have a subscription. It just comes to your house. That's what you do. Yes, I know. When we come back, uh, Tesla share is uh, well short of magnificent in October. We'll talk about what Elon Musk is saying about the Cybertruck, his comments to Joe Rogan about Mark Zuckerberg and threads. Take a look at the pre-market here. So many uh, consumer-facing names to get to, including Yum, Brinker, Caesar, Splunk, uh, Wayfair, Estee Lauder, Match, and Paycom. When we return. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Tesla's up in the pre-market as investors say good riddance to October. The stock was the worst performer among the Magnificent Seven last month, down almost 20 percent. Meantime, Elon Musk telling Joe Rogan yesterday about his forecast for the Cybertruck. Here's what he said. We're aiming to make about uh, 200,000 a year at volume production. Wow. Maybe a little more. But uh, I I just can't emphasize enough that manufacturing is much, much harder than um, the initial design. All right, so you had another forecast on this new product. There's a wow from a man who is uh, obviously uber excited. However, I was looking for uh, $250,000 because, remember, on Wall Street, we have expect... What? You were? You had a Cybertruck number? 
Yeah, because you see, I follow the F-150 really closely because it's been horrible. Oh, okay, so you wouldn't have given him a wow. <laughs> no, I would give him that's a shortfall. I mean, the F-150E is bad enough. David, there's a scrum you going been, on. You would have gone, oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just um, making sure. I well, it's, look, it's not a Twitter. I mean, X. Would you have taken Elon out back to shoot arrows at the Cybertruck if you'd no, had him on, you know? No, and I just question whether it isn't, is it really a truck? It's, you know, the people who buy this stuff are, um, they're like collectors. You know what this looks like to me? The DeLorean. It does have that kind of feel to it. Doesn't it? The DeLorean? He has, um, he has said many times how difficult it has been to actually manufacture at scale this auto, this truck, right. um, given the design specifications. Well, he said that. I mean, it's, a, it's an entirely new process, apparently. And it has taken a lot longer than they'd anticipated, or at least than Musk had originally promised. Well, I mean, look, the F-150 is best-selling vehicle. This is not going to compete against the F-150. What is it going to compete against, do you think? I think it's a whole new category, which I have to give them credit for. I mean, this is the beginning of, you know, we have cars and trucks, and then we got this. But that's not bad. That's not bad to come in and have something new. We haven't had anything new in, in cars and trucks since what? Since, I don't know, the Super Duty? It's very exciting. It's just that, you know, there are people on Wall Street who are looking for 250000 right. And I just think that what matters is, is that he's got something novel, and I think there'll be people who want to have novel. The same way, there's people who want Rivian. There's people who want a Fisker. You think it's in the Rivian school? Yeah, I do. I think that, I do. I think that it is going to be something that people say, you know what? Not a car, not a truck, something new. I want it. So therefore, I'm, I'm actually quite optimistic. It's just that, I, please, do not, I, I wish he had done more. I wanted to see big rollout. I know it's hard. But do not compare this to anything. Uh, meantime, uh, Musk and Rogan got into the competitive threat that Threads is supposedly posing to X. Take a listen to that. It's like wild. Eerily quiet. It's wild. I mean, Zach himself doesn't post. <laughs> so That's what's you know, crazy. Gotta, you got to use your own product. I think, think he called it a ghost town, threats. You know, look, there was two lines in the conference call by Zuckerberg saying what a success it is. But I think that, look, game set match on that. I, I would prefer the, the ad business that Zuckerberg has to his ad business. Oh, yeah. Right? Well, you can't really compare the two in terms of the size. It's well, not even. No, his is completely scatological. And Zuckerberg's become yeah. almost familial. No, yeah. it's no Pinterest. I mean, Pinterest is lassie. Meta generates. The Brady Bunch is Pinterest. This is, you know, bonanza. You know, when you watch, maybe, maybe it's because I thought I love Matthew Perry, but uh, I think Instagram is like friends. Instagram is like friends. Yeah. Okay. What? I, I don't know. I'm trying to just follow along. Well, I just, and I and X is now. like the wire. Or? What is X again? Was oh, bonanza? Yeah, what were X, you? No, X is like the shield. <laughs> <laughs> Great Michael Chiklis. <laughs> Fantastic. It's worth $19 show. billion. Dollars. That's what we know. Okay. That's what I'll come back to. I didn't make and, mention uh, the morning show because you know There's still a lot of it. banks out there with $13 billion of debt. Well, Paul Marks. That doesn't let, feel good very now. Right Paul now Marks also slammed Meta's threads, just so you know. That's an upcoming episode. We'll talk more about autos uh, with a couple big calls on Ford and GM out of Barclays today and some wage news out of uh, Toyota, for example. Look at Kramer's Mad Dash, countdown to the opening bell as we await the Fed decision and the presser this afternoon. Don't go anywhere. You seek the key.
But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. All right, let's get to a mad dash show with Jimmy wants to talk. Yum. Yeah, I want to talk about how hard this market really is. You have a company that had extraordinary numbers for KFC. Extraordinary. The Taco Bell division is on fire. David, I suggest the breakfast taco. You won't believe it, especially after a hard night out, which I know you don't have. But Pizza Hut did not do well. So you have two growth engines, KFC and Taco Bell. People are all focused on Pizza Hut. Now, what matters here is the numbers, the same store sales are very good, but it was made through traffic, not through just price increase. So this stock can go down. You can sell it. You can say it's not there. Remember, Yum China, thrown off. And just watch it go down. Or you can say, all right, this company actually did better, and I'm willing to start thinking that maybe it's time to buy. And this is the big dilemma. This doesn't look good. Well, I know the chart. Chart looks horrible. Chart's bad. You're right. Every chart chart's looks bad. bad. I know. Don't forget, Nvidia and, and Apple have the worst charts. Worst charts. But anyway, I'm so, just saying that this is the dilemma of the market. Why focus on the one division that's still up seven percent? Why not focus on KFC and Taco Bell? And the answer is because that's not this kind of market. We're not focusing on anything that's good. We're only focusing on things that are bad. And I think that ends at a certain point. Will you let us know when that point is, Jim? Oh, man, that's just all about what I'm about. But it's not yet. Oh, it's not yet. It's soon, though. It's soon? Because it is November. Is it, like, here? No, because what happens is it's November. Is it here? No, we're going to realize, you know, wait Where a second. It? I keep selling, and yet it's not as bad as I thought. Yeah. That's what happens. When it's down, like, 15%, then you take a shot. Of, take a shot. I hate to sit and sound. All right. We David, got I love you. Uh, I love you, too, Jim. Thank you. You're welcome. We got an opening bell five minutes from now. You can catch us anytime, anywhere. Listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. We're back after this. In some ways, being right on the bond market, which I was, and being right on earnings, which I was, made me completely wrong on the stock market. And I was completely wrong because if you had told me, and it happened, that rates were going to be where they are now, January 1st, and earnings would be flat, and you told me the S&P was up, what is it, up 12 or 13%? I mean, that's just, that's not part of my process. I struck a Miller on Squawk earlier this morning talking about his criticisms of uh, Janet Yellen right. from the Robin Hood conference, but also Jim saying that bonds seem to have adjusted to a post-QE world, but equities have not. No, I, I think his comments about how it's going to be very narrow stock picking are really right. Uh, I actually like this humility. I mean, one of the things I remember Dave and I were doing, uh, we were doing Delivering Alpha conference, and he was talking about certain rates that were going to happen, and they did no. And what was great was that his thinking process was so brilliant, but the outcome was different. And, that, and I would just call attention to the fact that, do you remember when we had an inverted yield curve and we were supposed to have a recession, and we just had 4.9% GDP at the end of the inverted yield curve? So a lot, of the, a lot of the assumptions and presumptions, even from the wealthiest people who have been good, did not uh, come true when it came to actually trying to make money. So I thought that was a... a, 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 a
David, is about the spending that he is criticizing on the federal yeah. government. I know. Well, look, I mean, it's almost like he said they should borrow, they should have borrowed more, and they didn't. But they borrowed the short this time, which is causing a rally. But, you know, standing uh, a guy who is willing to come on air and say I was wrong, he could have just said, look, I was right about Treasury funding, but instead he offered another, a contrary view to what people would say, which is like, hey, you know what, I got everything right except I didn't make you money. CNBC real-time exchange of the big board is Freight Transportation Company, RxO. Our first listing anniversary. Drew Wilkinson will join us in the third hour as we walk in the street. At the NASDAQ, recent IPO, Syra Health, focused on behavioral and mental health. As we're back above 4,200. I think that this is in part because the Treasury issuance was really weighing on us. Uh, we still have the Fed. I think the Fed is going to come in what people think. I think that the market's very oversold. But, David, we are. I love this idea of adjusting. We're adjusting to the new world of, look, if you have a company that does really well on two out of three, yeah. stop selling it. It's, like, ridiculous. Just stop. Just stop. It's a reference to Yum as well. Again, well, I just like think with yum, the yum Mad Dash, very, which hit well, on two or three. But well, you, well, know what? you gotta okay. hit on all three, all right, David, Jim. I'll tell you. Once I wanted to get—I don't know if you're in the franchise business. I don't know if you've ever been in that. No, I haven't. I wanted to get a Wingstop long, long time ago because they just make a huge amount of money. And they, oh, by the way, nice chart there. At one point, this thing was up 16 points this morning. WNG. But the the restaurant business is a business that involves franchising. And what's incredible is is that Yum, the, there's been no problem getting. Finance for these people, mostly because it's publicly traded companies that are, that are actually buying them. Right. So you look at Yum, and what you say is, oh, my God, the chart tells me I'm wrong. I am saying that that period is coming to a conclusion, that the chart tells me I'm wrong is beginning to be a way that you won't make money. Witness the fact that Yum was down three when I did the stop trading, and now it's up four from then. Although uh, Yum China uh, oh. not enjoying uh, the same and thing. You yeah. know what's funny? Almost everybody said, I want China. I don't want the rest of the world. So Yum gave you China. I want the rest of the world. And I think that Yum shows you. Uh, look, I'm not telling you buy it up. But I think that the companies that don't. If you look at DuPont, the only really weak area was China. Yeah. I know. Uh, that's well, China's a, awful. I, that, well, it, it fits right in with what EL is saying about uh, the China slowdown. They guide below, despite the surprise profit. What's incredible is Fabrizio Freight is one of the great executives of our time, yet that's been one of the biggest disasters. I've owned it for years. This is obviously horrible. Maybe the worst um, publicly traded company that had a reputation. I mean, Jim, reputation is not this company. You should have sold this thing. I mean, come on. David, there's some people. You I've just didn't want to give up on it. I've now look at it. I've and this been. is after numerous bad earnings. I did a bad job on this. I believed in Fabrizio Freire and I was wrong. I, no, listen, you can believe in him. By the way, he delivered an enormous amount of shoulder value for that's, a long period of time. And that's why I stayed on But there clearly it. was a turn here. Was it just China, basically? Was well, that so really was really what it was? There was a hack. He made a big right, bet on, a hack. Made a big Israel. on China. Sites Israel as Israel. Well. I mean, this is just a, a Job-like stock. Uh, you're incredibly correct about my belief that one day Fabrizio would turn it around because he always has. He did. He did have the best well, reputation. I mean, again, you no, owned it for right. a long period of time during. No, no, but you're right. Many quarters, but it's been a while now. No, 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 David, you're right. I mean, there are these people. I'll go with uh, with uh, Mr. Iger. 
uh, when it comes to Disney, I this is obviously this is much worse than Disney. I hate to compare them the same sentence, but there have been CEOs who I've owned, whose stocks I've owned for a long time, and I should have cut my losses, and I didn't. And that's one of the lessons of playing with an open hand, which is quite embarrassing. It's hard, but, but I don't. But it's that's what I've done for twenty make, years. Than fix- Finding that right time. To but say. I've been telling people, don't buy, don't buy, don't buy. But I'm not going to give up on Fabricio, but don't buy. And so far, the don't buy call was good, and not give up on Fabricio was quite bad. Is well, it now, on a, what on we, a, yeah, sorry. No, Carl, on a, on a two-year more. basis, it's not as bad as Canada Goose, which also today cites no, China. That was China, something right? that I got but right. Was, but, he, was Estee Lauder um, guidance as much as it was the reported yeah, quarter? No, the quarter was in line, but what, uh, you know, Fabricio said last quarter that this is not going to be the turn quarter. Uh, what you didn't expect, it was going to be like a Clorox-like quarter where it was just they had a cyber hack and they've gotten it wrong. Is Fabrizio Freda washed up? Um, you know, maybe he's uh, Mariana Rivera still playing. Uh, it's a very difficult thing, and I don't want to be of a great executive. It's very difficult to say that he did make a big pivot out of Macy's and into China, and then everything that could go wrong in China has, and he's borne the brunt of it. I don't want to make a judgment that he's that he's uh, over. I will make the judgment that I misjudged. Uh, Is there a plan here, Jim? I mean, there's been rumors okay. of activist investors. We well, know that. And they've been wiped out if they're in there. Yeah, of course. Is there a Anybody plan? got in there. Let's, I, want to, I, I don't want to be in a situation where there's a call going on and I say there's a plan or not. Right. Uh, I do think that, that, there, that, that I got it very wrong. Uh, that I misjudged and had too much uh, faith, and that happens. And I think that one of the reasons one of the reasons investing is humbling, whether it be with you know, Stan talking or me, is, is that this man has made so much money for people that I had to believe that he could turn it around, and he failed. SC and Lauder therefore, shares I failed. That's my job. Eighteen percent of their value today. That's my job. Yeah. I mean, look, I. There are other situations like a train, okay, where I had them on and I liked them, and that was HVAC, and it was terrific. I should have gone with HVAC and not gone with the cosmetics. Should have gone with the HVAC. Should have gone with the HVAC. No, look, I don't know what to do. I, I All I could do was tell people, don't buy it. I've made a mistake, which I did over and over again. Yep. And then show why I made the mistake. Uh, I did know this was going to be a bad quarter. That it would be this bad. I mean, I think that this was a quarter. I said it's Joe Boy. And they're, you know, Job ends up okay, kind of, but I don't. Well, it does have a profit recovery plan. So do I. It has its profit recovery plan Real in place. Real estate. Yeah. Uh, it's going to progressively gonna rebuild its profit margins in fiscal years 25 and 26, anticipated to be substantially in place by the beginning of next year. That's what he said, and I just think that this was supposed to be the bridge quarter, and it was a bridge too far. It was that Gene Hackman Polish, you know, general. Yeah. Remember in the movie? Mm-hmm. But look, I, I'm going to say it now. It'll be six times that I got it wrong. And one of the things that's very humbling about being a member by running this charitable trust is that there are a lot of people in Estee Lauder and you'll never know who they are. But I am one. I've known Mr. Freda for many years. He has always gotten us out of a jam, and he did. Uh, I told people not to buy it because this was going to be a bad quarter. Uh, I did hope that he would say that things would get better. He did, but not in time to save. So there. Speaking of getting out of jams, how about Wayfair's ability to reverse these pre-market losses? <sighs> Man. Uh, despite uh, the rabbit out of narrower the hat. than expected loss, revenue was shy. Rabbit out of the hat. I think that when you, one of the things that they've done is, is that if you buy a place, it's, it's go-to. 
It's just still go to. Uh, you know, my wife does real estate. Happy birthday to my wife. Oh, that's oh. right. Yeah. Was it yesterday or today? Today. Today. And she is really, what do you do? You buy a place and you, you, you stock it with Wayfair. Sure. And then you rent it out. Right. Happy birthday, Lisa. Absolutely. Happy yeah. birthday, Lisa. She um, uses Mac, MAC. That's why I got it wrong. Oh, you love, that's <laughs> yeah, I got it wrong because of Lisa. Blame your wife. Why Always. not? Always. Well, so that solves a lot of problems when you blame your wife. Right? We, that just makes things great. We did talk, I did that once. Never mind. We did talk to the DA Davidson analyst who uh, upped the El Alta yesterday, although El Alta's down, obviously, on some of these Ulta has masks. I like Ulta. Remember, uh, Ulta is uh, Kim. He, he's very good, the CEO. I would not count them out because they, because Kimball, that's a bargain place and the stock's down a huge amount. It's a good company. That's yeah. another example. Down 20%. That company's right. will turn around. David, yeah. David, right. you know what? Right. You know what I did? You know, I was going to, no, my but, ride post to him on Estee Lauder. I didn't have Paycom. You <laughs> said we'd be safe in Paycom. No Sarepta and no Paycom. No, yeah, no Sarepta. Sarepta. Very yeah. nice. Was, Who said we'd um, be safe? You said we'd be safe in Philadelphia. You have no answer, apparently, David. In Philadelphia? She was says, that she says was it that to Harris. Witness? Yeah, she says yeah. it to Harrison Ford. He says, I was wrong. That's Paycom. Got it. All right. Guys, I'm going to do a, a quick hit here on. Uh, what? Estee Lauder again? No. Go ahead. Go on, ahead. On, uh, get on, me my hair suit. Will you get my hair suit? The, on something we've covered for some time, which is the, the fate of Hulu, uh, which All is right. well known and well choreographed. This is a Faber report. Involves our parent company, Comcast, and of course Disney is something we have talked about for some time. Today's the day, though, and in fact, expect to see Comcast exercise its put option today. Uh, maybe after the close, we'll most likely as well get an 8K from Disney. What does this all mean? And again, fully expected, given the date in question is November 1. It means that Disney is in the next 30 days going to pay the minimum payment, so to speak, or the floor payment to Comcast based on a valuation of $27.5 billion. Now, you might say, well, that's roughly $9.1 billion for 33%. But there have been capital calls over the last five years for which Comcast has not stepped up to. And so its payment that it receives from Disney is going to be reduced by what it didn't contribute in capital over these last five years. It's a rough estimate. Let's call it 600 million, 700 million. Assume, roughly speaking, Disney is going to be cutting a check to Comcast for eight and a half billion dollars. That'll be in the next month. Uh, there's going to be taxes involved there, so the ultimate proceeds to Comcast are not going to be eight and a half billion, but it's going to be nice for our parent company. Um, and uh, Disney. Uh, reporting earnings next week is expected to detail the power of its balance sheet and its ability to handle this. Then the question becomes, what more? Because remember, there is a difference in perspective here on value, as you might anticipate. And as we've explained a number of times, there are things that are unique to this particular situation in terms of the way the value is going to be assessed. Uh, it's got to be something that maximizes equity value, meaning that anybody that wanted to buy Hulu is expected to participate in some auction. That's not the case, of course, nor is the case that uh, programming will be in perpetuity provided by Disney or Comcast. But that apparently is the case for how the banks that are going to decide the valuation have to take it into what they need to take into account. Morgan Stanley is working for, I believe it's Comcast, J.P. Morgan for Disney. They're going to come up with two values. If those two values are within 10% of each other, they take the average of them. If, in fact, they are 
disparate or beyond 10%, then you go to a third investment bank, mutually agreed to by both Comcast and Disney, that looks at the work from both these banks, doesn't do its own work, but looks at the work from both of them, and then makes its own decision on value. And so it's going to take months. It's not going to be until well into 2024, given, you know, you've got a lot of work that you've got to get to here. Data requests, uh, Hulu uh, executives, teams have to be met with, a lot of experts have to be consulted. But ultimately, if you don't get the uh, two investment banks within 10%, you need to go to the third. You are going to get a value there. And then it will be that value and whatever the second value is closest to it that you'll average. All right. So, so let's say you're 30 and 50 for the two banks that okay. have been employed. And then your third bank comes in at 41, then it'll be 41 and 50 that are averaged. If they come in at 39, then it'll be 39 and 30 that are averaged. And then whatever that is, obviously minus the 8.5 billion that's already paid is what Comcast will get. This is all amicable. Well, and Jim, I mean, one question, of course, becomes Disney's balance sheet. That's certainly something, you know, but again, they have the capacity to handle they it. Do. Now, David, uh, when I was on the Amazon call and on the Alphabet call, and when we'll be on the Apple call, they all want to be very big into what is the best programming in the world, which is either entertainment or TV, but new. But they want scale. They want to move up in terms of you know, YouTube wants to move up. Amazon wants to move up. They had great success with the NFL. Are any of those going to be in the consideration of who might buy Hulu, which would then therefore create a higher ceiling? No. no I mean, it will. It, no. It, in, the, in the valuation yes. process, you do have to consider. I don't know how exactly they do that, though. Like, what would Apple pay or what? But you do have to say, what if, what if it were for sale? in a auction scenario, essentially, under which you would have all of these companies participating. Maybe, so I guess, I shouldn't say no, Jim. No, but, but maybe Ruth Porat, maybe Sunder, they would say, right. you know what, what this would they give us the scale. It. Right, and so you're gonna have, listen, Comcast thinks it could be worth as much as 50, Disney's gonna be closer to the 27 right. uh, uh, and a half that they already have as a, as a floor valuation. Very interesting. We'll see where it ends up. Guys, by the way, in sort of talking, as you might imagine, to many people around this, just a quick update as well on the on the actor strike. Sure. Others have been reporting on this, but it does appear they're getting very close. Um, and that certainly seems to be the hope on the studio side, given they seem to feel as though they've made what is their, and you don't want to call it best and final, but you know, they've all been locked in rooms for like six hours a day, seven hours no. a day. You can't keep having the likes of Iger and Sarandos and Zaslav and, and other people in a room for that long. They've got it. The feeling is they got to like get somewhere okay. soon or else they, they're not going to revisit this for a while. I wish you so. had touched on uh, this revaluation potential of ESPN with possibility of strategic investors or is that just a, a false hope? For no, those? I think ESPN as strategic investors is still something that's very much alive. Although Reef Ehrlich today at B of A talks about, yeah, it's a, it's a premier asset, uh, but sports costs are higher, linear subs falling. The benefit to any prospective buyer appears nebulous in Jessica's view. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, uh, you know, I've heard lots of different names. I'm not going to share them because, frankly, I haven't been able to confirm. And okay. it's hard to know, given the process, where it stands or what they'll end up with from a strategic perspective in terms of an actual investment and a partner that will add value to ESPN. But certainly the plan at this point is not to sell it anyway uh, in its entirety. Um, by the way, back to the strike, guys. They seem to very much right. expect they're going to they're take care of all the AI-related issues. They hope today 
the economics they believe have largely been dealt with, but there's always other things, so you just don't know. Um, but the latest they could go, I'm told, is next week. Okay, and uh, basketball's the one that's up for grabs, as we know, TNT. Yes, basketball, ba- yes. Basketball's the one that's going to set the ceiling. I think that as much I've loved Jessica, I've loved her work, but I think that that when you look at the cost of NBA, it, it is a rounding error for Apple. They wanted to be in, they be in world, you know, global football, which is soccer, and they're in basketball. Then you have the greatest demo that you could possibly have. Uh, we're um, getting some PMIs, as you can see. Let's get a rundown from that uh, from Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. Yes, S&P Global Manufacturing PMI. This is an October final read, and it hasn't changed. The mid-month read was 50. It continues to be at 50, and that broke a string of one, two, three, four, four, five in a row that were under 50. So that's a positive. We see rates moving a little bit lower here. I don't see the sense of why 50, once again, as I said, remaining from mid-month to final is going to have that much of an effect. So there may be some internal aspects that are moving the market. We want to pay particularly close attention because not only we have jolts coming up, we have more manufacturing uh, ISMs coming up, uh, from uh, PMIs coming from ISM. All that will be at the top of the hour. We see that interest rates are down more in the long maturities. That's from the refunding announcement, which made subtle tweaks on the supply and which tenors, meaning which maturities are going to get more, which maturities are going to get less. Most likely, the effects can be temporary, meaning a session, maybe less than a session, because ultimately, the big driving force continues to be the total amount of debt. Squawk on the Street will return after a short break. S&P holding 4,200, and AMD has uh, rocketed to wow. the top of the NDX list this morning wow. after guiding in line. Yeah. Uh, 4% uh, climb there, uh, along with uh, Micron and we'll watch chips yeah. as well. We mentioned That's earlier amazing. UBS going tactically long global semis. Tomorrow, uh, join CNBC's Evolve Global Summit virtually. We're going to gather some leaders and innovators from around the world, have some conversations, share strategies and tactics necessary for changing, innovating and transforming in this new era of business. You can use the QR code on your screen or just visit cnbcevents.com slash evolve. It's time for Jim and stop trading. I mentioned earlier the train technology, which is just incredible in HVAC. Had an amazing quarter, but probably the best quarter so far for the industrials is Eaton. Now, Eaton has done a tremendous number of things in terms of, I would just say, uh, in the environment. They've become maybe the company that best understands how to be able to make the transition, how to get your company to be able to make transition. Good transition by them by the time. At one point, they were just, you know, they were making... Uh, different very basic parts for airplanes and metal bending, but there's a very, very good turn. I put Eaton train, I've got to work on a kind of a who, what industrials have been able to figure it out. Uh, by the way, I'm still steadfast in the idea that Caterpillar is a terrific story for next year because of, of you know, that's a bridge too far from here at this moment, but that's infra- infrastructure. Yeah, that debate about the backlog got a lot of play oh, yesterday. Oh, my. And I, I have faith in Jim Umpleby. I have no problem recommending that stock. This is different from Estee Lauder where there was a fundamental a mistake by the CEO. I mean, he just didn't expect all these. Are you, are you on board with the Goldman Boeing go, uh, conviction buy? Absolutely. Yeah. I, was very good. I, I like to sign my properties too. I, I think there's a great. I did a piece the other day about the best secular trend so far out of this quarter is what I hear from GE and what I hear from Boeing. What I hear from, by the way, RTX is really terrific. I mean, really terrific. 
And one of the reasons why Honeywell stocks stopped going down is because they have amazing aerospace. So there are some secular trends that are still very good, but there's just a lot of bad out there. And I don't want to, but I don't want to lose sight of the fact that once we get through the uh, treasury issues, which we have, and we get through PAL, then maybe there's something on Friday that shows that the employment number is not red hot and you're going to wish that you bought stocks. So we had a week that is crazy, but we really didn't need to see what happened with the treasury issues because that was the most important yep. number at all. You man it down 20 at 1.20. Now it's only down eight. AMD down four. Look at it go. These are companies that are being revalued on the fly as we look at the federal <laughs> The funding, which turned out to be the most important thing that happened. It was the funding. Incredible, isn't it? Well, we talked about it. Well, we got that on Monday, you're no, saying. No, I'm saying when we got numbers. the Treasury. The, the refunding announcement they today. They didn't do oh, anything no. wrong. Okay, of course, it would have been right. better had they done like 50 right. year and 130. But you know what? I get some right. I get some wrong. But I focus on what I did wrong because how do you learn from what's right? When you're, when you're right. You're lucky when you're wrong. You own it. <laughs> what are you going to do tonight? I have one that I really like very much, Brinker. They, uh, oh, have, nice. They've done a lot of good stuff. I want to know how much of their increases in price. They've gone upscale. Kevin Hockman recognized that the money, he's doing premiumization too. Speaking of premiumization, tomorrow, David is the Constellation Brands meeting. Mm. And you know that's Elliott Partners being involved there. Kind of exciting. There's a lot. It's a very exciting moment. Yeah, yeah, great margins very at Brinker, exciting moment. that's for sure. Yeah, I just, I kind of, look, I hate to say I like it after I make some big mistakes, but I made some made some things that were right, too, and that's the way it works. We'll see you at 6. Thank you. Uh, Mad Money, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.